Well, here we are. We are surrounded by quarterback royalty. Myself, Matt Baker, Jamie Cartmel, episode three, first and now. And Travis, this is it. Day one of the rest of your life. Oh, wow. It's overwhelming when you put it that way, Matty. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think what we should talk about really the big the big news trailblazers over celtics last night hey lob city time. Yeah. i gotta hear one more rip I city know, comment sorry. during this i'm leaving we I can talk know. about the acquisitions we recently made and how it stabilized our bench production and right now i feel good <laughs> about where we're at in rip city i will remind you the vancouver grizzlies first ever game in 1995 was a win at the rose garden but anyway carry on oh. as i date myself Yes, you did with the 95 shout-out. I think you're the only person who would date you. Okay. 92-80. Ooh, low blow. Okay, <laughs> Travis, congratulations on an amazing career, and thank you for doing this. We are doing this in advance of your big media conference. I'm sure it'll be a packed house, as it should be. And um, tough day, good day, fun day? Good day. Yeah, no, I, um, I tell you what, I'm kind of glad that everything went out there early because I got a lot of the feels and the emotions out of my system. At least that's what I'm saying until we get into the little presser, but, uh, no, it's been, it really is, uh, kind of overwhelming to get all the, the shows of support and whatnot from <laughs> people I've been in touch with all over the place. Right. And so it's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. feel good about it. Um, it is weird, you know, obviously it is going to be a new chapter on life after football and it feels weird when it's your time and you're there. Um, but I feel really good about it. What's your, what's your, takeaway like is it a football memory is it a family memory like what like 10 years is a long time and there's so much stuff in there i mean we've talked about it kind of endlessly you know, injuries but the wins and daughters and yeah like there's so much like what, what's your takeaway ultimately after 10 years but yeah no it's it's all inclusive it's all those things because it uh i you know all those people my wife and the kids and stuff and parents have just they they saw the journey before it started right and so um that, that, that's why I'm like a lot of people, they say when you, you get to the end and you start to think about it go and get worried about life on the other side. And that's, that's not my feel, at least in the right now. It's, it's just more, you know, I'm a nostalgic guy and there was so many good memories and relationships made <laughs> over the course of those 10 years and prior to that. Right. Uh, just as my last 10 has been here. So this has obviously been such a significant place. This is, you know, this was like two and a half times length of a college career, right? Spent here in this in this building. So, so yeah, all kinds of feels uh, at the end of it. But uh, just uh, I'll take away a treasure trove of memories for sure. And nice, I guess. I mean, knowing that there was offers out there and there was interest to go out, you are going out on your terms. Yeah, yeah, no, that is imp- that. You know that is a that is a pretty special thing when I when I stop and think about it because I know so many guys. You know, you get to the end and yeah, and we know we know as athletes that I know our our playing career is, is finite. It does come to an end and, and we know that. And so you want to play while you can. Uh, but at the same time, it's just something, you know, feels strongly about in, in my heart and that, it, that it's, that it's my time. So whether it's now or four years from now, I don't know that it would feel any different at the end, but um, that's where we are here today. I did have offers to continue playing. I think, yeah, I think that does give me a little bit of peace knowing I, I did walk away on my own terms, um, you know, and as much as I would have loved to keep playing, now's my time. And how much of it was wanting to retire as a BC Lion? Did that play a lot into it? Yeah, that uh, that that played into it. I would say, you know, first and foremost, as a football player, uh, you're chasing chasing jobs forever, right? It, like it just happened that I became a BC Lion at the beginning, um, and so even at, even at the end, you know, I looked around and you know there were opportunities, and you know, in a different set of circumstances, I would have I would have chased them wherever they would have been, and no matter how much my allegiance means to the BC Lions, right? And or, um, or how much the BC Lions mean to me. So, 
Um, but it is a really cool uh, and something that, um, you know, will mean a lot to me even more so as time goes on that I spent them all here in this building. I know that's, I know that's the exception and not the rule. And so I feel, you know, really fortunate to have called this place home for 10 years. The guy beside you has had the keys handed to him. So, you know, not often that I think we're fortunate as an organization to have a relationship between you guys be what it is. Mike, your turn. What are what your thoughts on today and, and what the relationship means to you going forward? And Yeah, well, I mean, normally I would try to come up with some crude comment to make Travis <laughs> feel very uncomfortable, but it is his day, of course, so I'll try to keep those two a minimum. You had your day. Um, but, I mean, it's it's interesting being back in this building right now with Travis, right? I got here two weeks ago and it was a, you know, a blast from the past and a great, you know, walk down memory lane to come into this building. But this is the first time we've been in this building uh, together in six, seven years, whatever it is. So, you know, just all of the memories of of 2010 through 2012 and then beyond that, um, I think more what I think back, you know, with what this day means to Travis, his friends, his family, and the CFL community as a whole, there's obviously all sorts of things on the football field that everybody knows about and sees and things like that. Um, I think back to some of the other stuff. I think back to a couple of years ago, uh, driving up to Blaine with Emily, and I don't even think we had Brooklyn at the time. Um, if we did, she was very young, and going out into the front yard and setting up the bow net, uh, target net, and you know, he's got a nice front yard, but it's not a football field-sized yard. No. And we were playing horse out there as as the, you know, Emily and Kim were inside with the kids and, and getting dinner ready and I things think there like was that. steaks on the grill in the yeah, backyard. And, and, and <laughs> that, we're that running around in burnt. the front yard, you know, barefoot in the grass, like <laughs> sprint out, throwing, throwing football. footballs that's, out of net and, and competing in that, you know. Uh, thinking back, you know, when they lived in White Rock, Kim and Travis, before any of us had kids and, and staying with them in the basement suite and going in for workouts in the morning during the off season, and then coming back and, and turning Jeopardy on and Kim and me and Travis sitting in the living room, uh, me and Travis probably not getting anything right, but thinking that we won Jeopardy and, and yeah. Kim feeling really good about our four. Yeah. Five Only the sports answers. categories. Kim, yeah. Kim being way, you know, when it was like uh, Jeopardy for kids, we were like, yes, we have <laughs> yes. a chance. Team Jeopardy. Hodge for yeah. 200 yeah. Team but, Jeopardy we're but, on. But, uh, you know, doing push-ups during commercials and, and going, oh, you, how many how many did you do there? You know, and competing that, in that. That actually Just happened, Jamie. Stuff like that. You know, being at the golf course uh, in Bellingham, riding these uh, skateboard cart things. I don't even golf, golf boards. boards. Yeah. yeah, okay, golf I'm boards. I'm an early investor. <laughs> and <laughs> and watching Trev jump around, run around on that thing, and me going, yeah, okay, I got this. And the 17th hole, I think, has a huge oh. ravine. Oh. And he's going super slow down this little hill. And I'm like, dude, get out of the way. So I, I knew I played it. the course before. I gun it down this hill and realize I've made a massive mistake and have to bail off my cart as it slams into a barrier wall. And True story. Trav's looking at me like, yeah, bud, that's why I wasn't, you know, gunning it on this thing. So just all that sort of stuff, just off the field, away from the action, life that goes on. You know, people say it all the time. We're humans, right? We, we go out and play football, but we have lives away from it. And just to be able to be a part of that uh, is the stuff that I look back on. I mean, all the on-the-field stuff is well-documented, but it's it's all the other things in between, um, you know, that, that you remember and I think are my favorite memories for sure. Is you came in uh, partway through 2010, I think, was it, mm -hmm. Mike? Yeah. So we, it's interesting how you bring it all full circle. Those were interesting times. Casey had been cut. 
Travis was handed the keys uh, late season run to make the playoffs. Watching that as a young rookie, seeing Travis put into that situation, how impressive was that to see? Oh, it was huge for a lot of reasons. I mean, in the development of my career to be able to watch for three years how Travis handled himself as a young franchise quarterback and all the things that go along with that. I mean, you know, again, what you have to do on the field as a quarterback is extremely challenging, but all the other stuff off the field that you deal with, the media, the fan base, all that kind of stuff, all those pressures and obligations and how he handled it really set me up to be successful when I went to Edmonton and got my turn. Um, It was also impressive to watch him handle – his second start of that season when it was three days into my CFL career and we were in Edmonton as roommates and didn't know each other. And I'd gone to flaming walk, which is a horrible decision and had dinner there and, and got food poisoning. And oh, this guy was trying to sabotage. Yeah. You know, all night, three o'clock in the morning and uh, I'm in and out of the bathroom every five minutes. And, and he's looking at me like, I don't know if you're going to die, but I just want you to do it quietly so I can get some sleep because I got a big game tomorrow. And uh, that was the beginning of a, a beautiful <laughs> friendship. friendship. So. <laughs> yeah. Would you shut up? Um, you know, Travis, we talked about this about a week ago on Friday. We, you know, we knew this was all coming down. So we started, um, prepping for it and stuff and we ended up talking for about an hour on the phone last friday afternoon and i was in tears laughing at some of the stuff we were talking about but we talked about the word luck if you remember that and i said i hope you don't feel lucky because i don't think luck has anything to do with it and i'd like both of you guys to talk about the word luck and if you think it exists and you're i mean you've led a team to to a championship you've led a team to a championship because i don't believe in luck i think I think you really do. I think you can be the beneficiary of of good timing, or you know, uh, call good, a chance. Sure, yeah. but I'd like to I'd like to know what you guys think about luck. Sorry to really take it down, but yeah, no, no. Ooh. I I think um, just from my point of view, I think I, I do think there's an there there always will be an element of of chance in life in sport. Being in the right, like you say, timing, being in the right place at the right time, or having a bounce go your way. Um, you know, in football, a tip ball, a tip ball could happen and just lands in a def- defensive lineman's arms. You did everything right, so that's that's chance. There's an element of that, but I do think, and you know, it's one of my actually one of my all-time favorite quotes, and it was one of the few. I mean, literally, like on one hand, I could say how many times I answered one of Wally's rhetorical questions correctly. It's uh, impossible to do, by the way. This lesson has happened. That, think that, that was luck. Wally yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah. Okay, answering the question was luck. Wally, Wally, There's no time. right answer for 800 days. <laughs> yeah. This is something to the effect of uh, luck. Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Right. And so to me, that's that's how I define luck. And so the guy, it's funny that the guys that work the hardest, put in so much time, care the most about it, are the guys that get lucky. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it's not luck in that sense, right? It's because guys gave themselves a chance to be there for that for that timing, right? And so, um, yeah, that like that that's that's always <laughs> struck me, and, and I think that's I think I think you see that throughout sport. I mean, it's not luck that a guy wins multiple champs. You can't say Tom Brady's lucky. He might be fortunate he got into a system and he's working with the you know maybe the best football mind of our generation, but. And the guy worked his tail off. He makes the throws he needs to make. He's made hugely critical throws in every big game they've ever ever won, right? And so, um, yeah, so I, I cringe a little bit every time I see, oh, that guy's, that guy's lucky to be there. Well, you know, the guy earned his own luck. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it, it's like – you say you, you're fortunate and you're blessed to be given certain opportunities, but 
you know, I've seen a lot of people fail given those opportunities where other people succeed and it's not because they're lucky, it's because of the work that they put in. And to bring that kind of full circle to Travis, that again, the, the three years that I was here, I got to watch and be a part of all the work that went into the success, uh, you know, behind him, watching us come in at seven in the morning and be here till five or six in the evening and watching a ton of film and seeing him taking all his notes and drawing up, you know, the diagrams of plays that he'd been running, you know, thousands of times, but still making sure that, you know, he was mentally sharp and prepared for the, the simplest play that he could do in his sleep, but not taking that for granted and doing things like that. So, um, you know, when people are successful, I don't believe that that's because they're lucky. It's because of the work that's put in, you know, to take advantage of opportunities because those opportunities don't come around very often. And so, you know, if Travis would have come out and, and played terrible when he was given his opportunities. He wouldn't have had a, a twelve-year pro career. You know, uh, those just they get taken away. Right. And no, your favorite number, anyway. Your favorite number. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but you know, and and that's not to say that things always go great. I mean, there was ups and downs for sure, especially in that 2010 season. You know, I remember. Uh, we weren't having very good success and Travis was putting in all the work and, and things weren't going well. So they, you know, made a change and Jarius started for a game or two and then Travis went back in and, and you have to be able to fight through those things. And, and obviously Travis did that. And we ended up in the playoffs in Saskatchewan that year and then winning the Grey cup, you know, the following year, but that none of that was luck. I mean, and, and anytime you watch a great athlete be successful on the field, uh, you're fortunate if you get to see all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make that possible. And you guys both bounced around NFL camps before coming up here. Uh, take me back to the Portland free agent camp. Uh. Jamie, you were there as well, tossing him the balls there yeah. uh, on your knee. Routes for he you? was, yeah, he Jamie was running was the camp. Running I, was not I, I could have, I could. Hey. Well, of course. That's <laughs> yeah. what I assumed you were. Didn't want to show anybody up, right? Yeah. But yeah, I don't want but to. You know. Take us back to that. Well, both of you too. Take us, Jamie, Travis. Take us back to that day. And Travis, what do you remember about first meeting Wally and yeah. and everybody else, and you so, know, showing your stuff? Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, obviously had bounced around a little bit, and I'd, and I'd talked with Bob Obilovich, who was the former general manager here, a few times. So I had a little bit of a relationship with, with Bob. Um, so when, I, when it was time, when my NFL time, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go try this CFL thing. And I got in touch with the Lions, and I got a contract offer and said, okay, we need you to show up and make sure you can play. And so I'm going, okay, well, I'll show up. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking I'm kind of doing them a favor. I'll go up and show to the, guy, show to the wideouts they're looking at. They obviously like me, right? And so I get there, and – quickly realize I'm in line and that they're very much evaluating me. So I, I honed in, I'm like, okay, so now I'm thinking, boy, I'm like, this is my career on the balance today. And I didn't really know what I was walking into. Um, so I just, I, I just remember just being like uber focused and kicking the other quarterbacks out of the way and running the drill and taking over in the huddle and going, no, you run your route this deep. Cause I didn't know what the heck we're doing, right? They're put, they're holding plays up and I'm just looking, I'm like, man, you run that at six yards, you run that at 12. I'm just trying to make sense of football to me. Right. And so I just I remember um, being yeah like I said just very focused and determined that I you know I don't know what was going to happen but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave a little bit of an impression here and so prior to that I had done a little bit of homework <laughs> and I, I didn't know Wally Buono who, or who he was I mean I knew the name just yeah. as he's a guy that's uh, you know important in that organization so I looked him up he's a big sky guy I said boom I use that as my icebreaker right he played at Idaho State and so. After the after the uh, the camp was done, I remember I'm you know taking my cleats off and I, the other quarterback there, um, 
I, I think he had played at Harvard or something, but I remember Steph Kruk had kept him aside and said, you know, hey, I, yeah, I want to talk to you afterwards. And I'm like, there is no way they're talking extra to that quarterback. I know I was better than that guy today. So I was ticked. I was just steaming. And I, I laced my shoes back up, and I just made a beeline across the field in Portland, <laughs> Lake Oswego High School. I'd, I'd done camps there in high school. Actually, right. f- yeah, full circle, I'd done camps there with Drew Bledsoe, who was speaking at the Orange Helmets here in a little week. Wow. In any event, so I had a little history on this field. I make a beeline across the field to just to introduce myself. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say, but, hey, so you went to uh, Idaho State. I'm a big sky guy. Da, 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 da. And so I just got – I kind of broke down Wally Shell because, you know, he's more overseeing and not talking to a bunch of guys. So we had a little conversation there, and, you know, a week or two later I got the call from Neil, said, hey, Trev, we're good to go. Neil McAvoy, uh, you know, assistant player personnel guy, he calls me, says, hey, we're good to go. We'll see you at training camp in a couple of weeks. And, um you know, away we went from there. I think, I think, you know, what's interesting is I talked to Neil about, you know, when we'd get close to training camp and, and guys were signing and stuff. And I don't think people realize a lot of times we sign guys just to get them off the neg list and then add more players mm-hmm. to the neg list. And, and often there's two yeah. words that guys need to, to bear in mind. And those words are contingent upon. And you signed the contract. Yes, you're signed. Bringing, coming to training camp is contingent upon you showing up right. at that free agent camp. And I thought I, I thought I just needed to prove I didn't have a broken leg, but right. I needed yeah. to prove I could play quarterback. <laughs> right. But I also remember like Steph was, you know, telling the guy at the road, let's run this, let's run that. And you, I remember you saying to him, I can throw it all day. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That was a young arm. Yeah. I know. And we're on these American fields. You got these receivers. They're basically running three feet from benches on the far side. I, li- thinking, oh, listen, I still got beef with, with the way that workout was set up because they, they had me, they go, okay, hey, you line up right here. I'm outside the numbers on an American field and they said you line up on the sideline and they're running like into the into the like the sideline area the track off the field they're almost running on the track and I'm looking I'm like doing the math I'm like these guys are like 50 yards away from me and breaking away I'm like I I know the CFL field's bigger but there is no way they're that far away and I, I they had me do a bootleg and throw a comeback to the field and I'm like I'm literally throwing this ball like 60 yards in the air. Like, there's no way you guys make this throw as a regular part of your <laughs> offense. And they don't. Like, when I got here, I, like, I realized you don't throw that ball. But I, I get the point. They just wanted to see if, uh, I guess, if we had the cojones to step up there and try it. Yeah. I, and I also remember saying to Neil like that after that 2010 season or, or as we got close. And I remember sitting in there. I said, you know who the guy who, who's going to win this? Win us a great cop. I said, and we just said both times, Lule. And so I don't want to, you know, be Mr. You know, revisiting history, but I, we knew it at the time, and you could just tell that season, that that 2010 season when we went to overtime with Saskatchewan mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and like, you just, you just need, you just need an opportunity, you just need an opportunity to, to go out there and do it, and, and the rest was history, so it was awesome. Um, okay, so later today we'll have the uh, exchanging of the lockers downstairs. Mike is made <laughs> sure that we're going to do that. I've um, got it all planned out. Yeah, I've actually done a few practice runs over the last week or two. What he doesn't know is right now, Cato is cutting that locker in half uh, size-wise, so Mike might be moving into a... That may or may not be true, but I've also took some white out, covered up the 14 on his shower sandals, and wrote a little 13 on there, so... Nice. Uh, we'll know, send those off to Cam Wake. He still has his, his shower sandals. <laughs> One of the things, um, but before Christmas, my daughter was playing in a basketball tournament, and um, it had just so happened that the team that they were playing against was had the daughter of Daniel Sedin on it, and I don't... <laughs> Like I'm fellow I'm ginger little, yeah, he, yeah shout out i don't he sit with help. i don't i don't like sitting with the other parents i don't like you know i, I can't stand people getting on the ref and yeah, yeah. just over cheering i just uh, that's I a whole new world you Jamie. know me i'm a big fan <laughs> of people but 
so I was sort of sitting off to the side, like way off to the side, and this guy, kind of wiry gentleman, who I thought, geez, that guy looks familiar. He sits down beside me, and I thought, is that a Sedin? Like I, so I just leaned over and said, are you Daniel Sedin? He said, yes, I am. So we shook hands, sort of, you know, introduced ourselves or whatever, and I kind of got the sense he's the same thing, likes to sit away <laughs> from things. But anyway, so we got to talking a little bit, and um, I said, are you, are you watching much? He says, you know, I still have friends. It's only, you know, it's been less than a year. I still have some friends on the team. And so I, you know, I tune in once in a while to, see, you know, check on their progress because yeah. I care about them having success. He said, I said, but overall, he goes, no, not can't, not just not no interest. And in a way, when you're probably still arguably one of the top 30 players in the world, you know, it's hard to, you know, he's not coming out of his you know, recliner going, yes, right. great feed to the slot. Like, <laughs> right. like he could, he could probably care less. So, how much will you watch and how much will you care? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously I'll have a, I'll have a vested different interest and I think I will for a very long time. Um, I, that's when I think it'll feel really real, right? When, when games start happening and all that stuff, I think, um, you know, right now, just the normal, the rhythm of life that our family's used to, I'm used to, this is, this is off season. So it's actually really good timing for me to kind of take a deep breath, decompress and, and settle in. Uh, so I have a clear view of what that next step will look like. But regardless of what it looks like, I'm, I'm going to be paying attention and, and be really tuned in. I obviously have a ton of good friends still playing and, and uh, that makes a big difference. I know uh, years after I left Seattle, I'd be really interested in what the Seahawks were doing. And as, as time wore on, I became less and less because I knew fewer and fewer people in the locker room still, but, but there's no question. I mean, I got, I have great relationships all over this league and it's one of the things I've loved about the CFL. Um, the whole experience is just how tight knit of a group it is. I mean, you guys know this, just sure. being talking to, you know, communications guys and other teams and it's the same amongst the players and everybody well, we talks, compete, we compete on the field, we compete like crazy, yeah. but we're all in this thing together, you know, right. and that's, and, and at the end of it, that's, that's a really meaningful thing. So, so yeah, I'll have a vested interest. I mean, I've been getting texts this morning from guys all over the league and, and it's just kind of an example of how, how close we are. And so, yeah, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be tuned in on see how, Mikey does uh, driving the car. Yeah, here, I can't black wait. And orange and black. I can't wait to get text messages like, "Oh, this is a terrible read. I would have done that way better." Well, I don't have to that. prove it anymore. <laughs> so and that, that's, and that's the what I was going to say. Like, you got a quarterback coach. Drew is Drew is the quarterback coach. Do you have to sort of ride a bit of a fine line in terms of you have a position coach, but you also have a friend that you can lean on and go, "Hey, what did you see last game? Did I? Am I? Is uh, you know, I don't think the, like, the beauty is that the re relationship doesn't change. We've been doing that for the last six years, right? You know, I'm Fair playing enough. on different teams, even though competing in the same division and things like that. And especially last year, running, you know, terminology-wise and structure-wise, similar offenses. We've we've been talking for six, well, for ten years, really. You know, because when we're here in BC, talking about, uh, you know, how to attack defenses, certain reads. Um, you know, I'd watch game film on BC, preparing for the next opponent that you know they had just played against, and and call them up that evening and. You know, talk through some of the stuff that he did, good or bad. And similarly, you know, he'd see stuff on film that I did that maybe was different from how they were supposed to read it, wanting to know, did you guys change the read or did you screw that up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so were, were uh, you wrong you know, or are you doing it different? And even if we good training for being in the media, yeah, yeah. even if we find blame, yeah, who's yeah, the blame? Yeah, if yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah. change the read, I would lie to him and tell him, no, we changed that read. Yeah. You know, I, yes. everything I did was proper and correct <laughs> on that play, uh, just so. Happens that my luck wasn't there, and they picked it off. It wasn't well my fault, though. Um, but no, I mean it, that's you're always you're always going to rely on the people that are in house, 
you know, right. first and foremost, more than anything else, because they're the ones that know you, know what you're doing, know what the game plan was, what, you know, the reads are, and, and, and put in the work with you during the week. But um, there's people throughout my career, and obviously Travis is, is one of those people and, and one of the highest on the list that you still keep in contact with and you, you lean on them you know, for their experience and, and their help and things like that. So, um, you know, that will never change. I don't, I don't think. And, and, uh, you know, there's still me and Nichols talk about football having played together and now he's in Winnipeg and we still will talk a couple mm-hmm. times a year about teams that we played against or how do you attack them or how, how did you guys read this out and stuff. So like Travis said, we compete against each other on the field, but we're all in this together sure. and we all want the best for everybody. And Travis, uh, a lot of people say you'd make a great coach one day. What about broadcasting? I know you've done stuff at Grey Cup Week last couple of years, uh, BC High School football, the Subway Bowl. You're you're up in the booth there at yeah. BC Place. Have you thought about doing this potentially one day? And yeah. more importantly, who was your first big Grey Cup interview when you started doing that? Uh, Odell. Odell Willis. Odell. <laughs> I knew it. The mayor. I, 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 somebody could track that down somewhere. I actually held the mic and conducted an interview with uh, Michael Riley before he had ever um, won a Grey Cup. He was still just a common folk back then. Um, oh, I'd won one. He'd won one in 2011, but yeah. Stringer. We had we, one We all one got that... rings, Travis. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Apparently, I wasn't a part of that team. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> wow. you, get to, you get to know how Travis really feels. No, he hadn't won a he, – he, What did you tell me, Mike? After he won that Grey Cup in 2015 in Edmonton, he said, oh, now I can wear my, my BC ring – because before I felt like I didn't have anything to do with it, and I felt would have felt silly wearing it. So in Edmonton, after I was probably still, you know, drunk on champagne, <laughs> celebrating that. I didn't mean what I said. Well, I I can't. Yeah, that's that's up to you, buddy, to, to figure that out. But um, yeah, no. Come back to the broadcasting. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> yeah. Where, where we? Uh, yeah, yeah. Clearly, this is broadcaster training. Uh, cut, edit. Um, no, I I do have an interest in doing it. It's kind of funny. I never had thought much about it until I got the opportunity and uh, you know it's just just what I've enjoyed about it is just the opportunity to I'd tell stories about the game it's a it is a different perspective on what's happening and like Mike said you you know when you're talking football it's one thing to be in-house but you do get a little bit of a different perspective when you when you're when you're on the outside looking in and and being kind of working media has given me a little bit of that from the other side and I do think that's a really unique way and there's a special way to to kind of help grow the game from a different place right and to tell the stories and kind of connect the difference, you know, being a former player, former player, oh, that sounded weird. Wow. Whoa. Being a, oh, we're there, guys. That I, made I'm me cool with feel this. weird. You guys Whoa. feel weird about it. I'm good. Uh, but it just, but it just, it just gives you a little bit of a unique perspective, and sure. and right. so f- to finding that balance to translate between, you know, the jargon of football talk, it really is like a different language and and a different thing that you're doing that is is hard to understand on the uh, on the other side. People people know stats, they know three touchdowns is better than one, but how you get there is is sometimes a different story. And so telling that tale or connecting those dots is is a pretty rewarding thing. So I you know, like I said, I'm going to take a little bit of time to see exactly what my next step is, but certainly there's uh there's an interest there. Now Mike, you were talking about being roommates mm. um way back when. Any other funny stories? <laughs> PG stories. Oh, PG. Yeah. Okay. okay. Too many to count, really. I mean, uh, you know. Did you uh, ever try to distract him, say, on a during, phone-in yeah. television no. or a radio interview? No, nope, never happened. Never we, disrobed to try and never, <laughs> never happened. Jimmy, you know too much. Just, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say this: when Travis would be doing 
night before interviews on a road trip, he was doing them on a landline, which means he's connected to the cord at the desk. And uh, for kids who don't know what a landline, it's like and, 1996. Yeah, for those of you that don't know what a landline is uh, or a rotary phone, <laughs> yeah, Travis must have been trying to save up his his cell phone minutes or something. He'd always do it on the landline, which means he was stuck in the room and couldn't leave. And it was live radio, which means that he had to continue the the interview no matter what was <laughs> going on go. in the room so it was quite a great opportunity to try to distract and that's I'll just pro leave it at that we'll leave it at that we'll yeah that. <laughs> well i think we've uh well i don't know do we want to bring him in or not we have a we have a casual observer oh. off to one end of the table okay, number 16 far. mr hey. brian Byrne. do you want to lean in did you learn anything brian did you learn anything come on in man you, come on guys. into the mic let me swing this don't be shy boom I'm just, I'm Give just, him a real mic. I'm just yeah. here. Um, Tio said it best. It's my quarterback. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just had to come crash the party. Tio, those were real tears. I'm looking. Those were yeah. real tears. Mike already has a Brian Burham story. Didn't you text him about throwing this week, and he neglected to tell you that there's like six inches of snow everywhere yeah. in the city? So he, yeah, let's play. Let's throw. Let's I, I appreciated the enthusiasm. I was, you know, down in Seattle. We didn't have any snow. I said we got to get together and throw the ball. You know, and he's like, Yeah, absolutely. And I get up here yesterday. I'm in like, my living room. Still three inches of snow on the field out there. Uh, are we doing this in the locker room? Where are we going to make these throws happen? Uh, but I'm just surprised he responded. Usually, I get a, I'll text Brian about something like you know three days. Oh, sorry, man, I was sleeping. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I can do that. Well, Brian it was three days ago. It's all good. We've moved on. Uh, Travis Lulee and Mike Riley are probably the two people I'll ever text back. <laughs> right away. Yeah, that's how I know. That's how Brian Pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good about that. That's weird. He doesn't have his phone. I'm I'm currently talking to him right now on the other line. So in the end, Travis, I mean, uh, there's so many guys that end their career without a championship. Is there a sense of relief that, I mean, it's six, seven years ago now, but that you, you retire, you know, as a, a championship, um, you know, you've won a championship, you were a league MVP, you were the championship game MVP, you, you know, like, do you think back and a little bit of you is, okay, the injury, what could have been, or are you just, are you at peace with everything that took place? Yeah, no, I think, I think you kind of have to be just in terms of, you know, what could have been, like, that doesn't matter. That's right. kind of, uh, that's, that's it's kind of like the luck conversation. It's wasteful thought, yeah, right? Like, yeah. like, so uh, what, you know, what does matter is what did happen and, and, and how you, you know, approach the next step and all that stuff. So, but when I, when I look back, there's no question, like, I, I, I totally consider myself one of the lucky ones. <laughs> Luck. Use that, that word again. Yeah. There's, yeah. That, there's that term. But I'll say this: one of the fortunate ones to have go. been yeah. uh, able to experience that. Uh, you know, uh, so many guys have had long careers and and not gotten to taste that that right. ultimate moment, right? And that there's no question. I mean, winning a championship it's the only thing. It's the only thing that really validates it all at the end of the day. I mean, That's we right. do this. You know, we have families to support, so we're 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 earning money, and all those other things are really important forming relationships. But when you're competing, when you're when you're what you're really doing in this building is working to try to win a championship. Um, to to have achieved that is no question the most fulfilling thing that happened in my career. So yeah, so to be able to to walk away um, knowing that I was fortunate to experience those things is, is pretty special. Well said. Well said. So thank you, fellas. We enjoy. It. Maybe we'll even do a mid-season, mid-season report. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back. find out how much you don't care about us anymore. Right? <laughs> right. Following us anymore. Right. You're going to be a weekly way. insider. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of, yeah, new phone. Who this? <laughs> 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 Hasn't happened yet.
<laughs> but yes, Travis, yeah, on behalf of everyone in the Lions organization, uh, very fortunate to have you. And thanks for joining us on episode three. Thank you too, Mike. Oh, and Brian too. To and here. Brian Burnham with a cameo. Yeah, most yeah. important. Shout out to Brian Burnham. Brian. Mike, throw it right between the one and the six. Not Brian. Oh, that's it's like, you know all the Fairley Brothers movies where they have professional athletes in, in cameos like Cam Neely and Dumb and Dumber? That, that's Brian Burnham here today, folks. He's now sleeping, you, but it's okay. <laughs> Sweet. Thank when you. do we officially end this thing? Sorry, guys. Tomorrow. I'll take one, two, one.